Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, Bob. Hello there. How are you doing? I'm very well. How are you? I'm okay. Mm, are you okay? Well, I've got a bit of a cold. You can tell. Oh, can you? Yeah, you have a manlier voice. Oh, is that a good thing? Mm, it was until you said, oh, in a very non-manly way. So are you saying that I sound sexier? No, manly doesn't equate to sexy, doesn't it? But I sound different. Yeah, it's kind of like, if I close my eyes, it's kind of like you are a different person. Oh, oh, well, maybe we could incorporate that in a different kind of way. Well, let's just take that offline, shall we? And also, I probably don't want to give you my germs. Yeah, exactly. So that's really a no-go. Let's okay. keep that social distancing for today. Social distance. So, I am Ben. And I am Benka. And I'm from the UK. And I am Argentinian. And you are listening to Bareback. Why are we called Bareback? Because we are two bears looking back into our lives, our cultures, and so on, and so on. It has nothing to do with being a play of words. That is true. Um, but also, what is a bear? Bear is a homosexual male. Mm -hmm. uh, normally on a little bit of the larger or hairier side. Mm -hmm. So it's like a whole community within uh, the LGBTQ plus community. I'm glad we've established that because um, we haven't mentioned it in a while. And I just thought if somebody new is listening, they're like, what is this? They're just thinking about bareback. Um, so as well as my cold, I do have to tell you that you are potentially living with a criminal now. Okay. Elaborate. How do you feel about that first and foremost? To be fair, on paper, it sounds really exciting, like dangerous and so on. But in reality, I just feel like I need to keep my wallet with me on at all times. I'm not in trouble for anything to do with financial theft. So you don't need to worry about um, hiding your wallet. I know where it is anyway. Yeah, it's right behind you. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's like literally on view. And I know your pin because we are a couple. We do live together. And there are certain things that you find out when you live together with somebody. Do you know mine? Yeah, of course I do. Well, there you are. It's fine. We're, we're even in that. In that. Okay, so are we evenly criminal if it's a crime? And if, if it is a crime, of course we don't do it. <laughs> no, we don't. Well, I do, apparently. I got in trouble with a policeman this week. Was he hot? Well, yeah, I suppose he wasn't bad looking, but I wasn't really thinking about that at the time. I was more thinking about how I was going to avoid going to prison. Oh, you were thinking about your criminal activities. <laughs> exactly. So what were these criminal activities? So as you know, and actually this is technically your fault because for Christmas you bought me an electric scooter. Yes. And a little bit of background for listeners here. Uh, we were getting to a point where we thought, do we need to have two cars because you've got a new job? Uh, we decided not. Uh, and we decided instead of getting a second car, we would reduce our carbon footprint and we would get an electric scooter that basically allows me to go to the station so I can get to work. Yeah, because in reality, you were only using the car to go to the train station. Yeah. So it was a really positive thing. And I was really proud of that. Obviously, it was a great present and I was really grateful for that. We knew that electric scooters in the UK have some kind of ambiguous... 
Ambiguity. Now here, the Argentinian is going to teach you how to say an English word. Ambiguity. Ambiguity. No, now I can't say it. Ambi yeah. Ambiguous. Ambiguity. Okay, we got there eventually. Yeah. We knew the law surrounding electric scooters was that word, ambiguous. I just thought we're doing a good thing. I'm literally going to the station. It's 10 minutes and it'll be fine. Yeah, it's literally like riding a bike. So coming out of the train station from work, I was coming home, I was getting my helmet on and there was a policeman there at the exit to the train station. He stopped me and he said, is this your scooter? And obviously I said, yes, because I was holding it and I had a helmet on. Yeah, I, I mean, unless you wanted to admit to robbing it, you probably would say, yes, it is my scooter. And he says, well, you can't use it because it's illegal. I said, what? He said, well, you can only use them on private land. You're not allowed to use them on public paths or roads. But you can rent them all over the world and you can rent them in Birmingham now, can you? Birmingham, they're doing trials in Milton Keynes. They're doing trials in Coventry as well. So, of course, I said this to him. I said, well, how come I can go to other city centres in the country and use an electric scooter? And he says, oh, well, they're part of a trial and they have insurance. So I said, well, I'll get insurance then. Oh, no, but you can't. So you know how now electric bikes are sort of in fashion as well? So are uh, electric bikes illegal? Oh, no, he said that I could have an electric bike. So you can have an electric bike, but not an electric scooter? No. What's the difference? And, yeah, I understand the difference in terms of the mechanics and the design of one or the other, but from a practical and legal perspective, what's the difference? I don't know. But what you do need to know is that I got quite irate with him. I said, look, we are living in a climate emergency. I am trying to do my bit. How else do you think I'm going to get to the station in the morning? Do you want me to drive? Do you want me to spew out carbon emissions into the atmosphere and, you know, melt the ice caps and take this planet to doom? Or do you want me to come on my electric scooter, just pootle on down and everyone's happy and the flowers are blooming and, you know, the birds are singing and everyone loves me on my electric scooter? And what did he say? It's illegal. Okay. What was quite interesting was that he told me that all the information about why it was legal and such like was on the website. So, okay. of course, I went on the local police website. And it said on there that if I was caught again mm -hmm. on my electric scooter, the police would take me and my electric scooter to my parents' house okay. and make an example to me in front of my parents. So they're obviously going to drive me halfway across the country to uh, my mum's and um, I'm going to have to apologise to my mum. And quite frankly, I'm pushing 40 now. So that's going to be a little bit embarrassing. Yeah, I know. Can you imagine being made of an, an example of in front of your mum or your dad? To be honest, they'll probably laugh it off. But, you know, it's quite interesting to see that they're going to do that. So needless to say, the scooter has now temporarily, until something happens with the law, it's gone into the garage and storage. So, I mean, we could give it away as a raffle prize if anybody's got a bit of private land that they want to use it on, because it's kind of just sitting there now. That's our driveway where we park the car. Does that count as private land? We own that. Well, I suppose I could go up and down for two metres there and back. It's something. But the thing with the policeman was when he let me go, and told me that, you know, this was a warning and, you know, if I was caught again, I'd be in trouble. I then left the station and, of course, started putting my helmet on to, to scoot home. And, of course, he then left at the same time. And he looked at me and I looked at him and sort of just gave him this kind of, like, glaring look. And I said, well, how else am I going to get it home? You know, as if to say, I'm going to drive off now. 
he kind of just shrugged his shoulders and let me get on with it. But I was just like really nervous that he was going to like blue light me all the way back to our house. I mean, when it comes to criminals, I don't think that you are sort of in there with like the dangerous type. Like what? You're not amongst the murderers of this world, are you? I don't know. They could be having a bit of a stakeout outside the house now. Do you think that they have like a tactical team waiting to... Well, I have noticed that white van's been outside for a couple of days now. Okay, so let's talk about the important bit. If we have a team of very, very well-trained police officers, so are the male officers hot? Well, I don't know, because they've got tinted windows. Oh. Can we invite them for a cup of coffee? Yeah, but then they'll have to break cover. It won't be great for them. I just want to see if they're hot. Anyway, that's my criminal story of the week. I mean, how how are you feeling about our relationship now that you're with someone who's potentially crooked, basically? I'm bent. Are you bent? Well, I mean, <laughs> do we really want to get into that piece of the conversation? I mean, we know that, but, you know, in the eyes of the law is what I'm saying. I felt a bit kind of, oh, I was, when I was driving back, I was kind of, you know, my blood was going. I was a mixture of kind of like anger and relief. You know, it's kind of weird, you know, when a policeman stops you and, and tells you that you're doing something wrong. So basically, you're saying that you're enjoying the criminal life. And are you endorsing a criminal life then? Well, I'm, I think I might go underground. A lot of people who listen to this may have watched uh, Line of Duty. Um, I may join an OCG. That's an organised criminal gang for people who don't understand police lingo. Uh, I don't think you're a criminal. But I, I think you're banned, but that's in a different context. Okay. Well, there we are. That's been my week. The topic for today is a really, really interesting one for both of us. We are going to talk about UK and Argentinian superstitions. Where the hell was that? Well, I've been listening to a lot of American podcasts recently, and they use a lot of sound effects in their podcasts to add moments of comedy, to heighten tension. So I thought we'd just spice up our podcast and use a few sound effects. Is that all right? Do we need to do them? Well, it's just it's trying something a little bit different, isn't it? Oh, maybe not. Okay, well, we're talking about superstitions. Superstitions. Very interesting topic. Uh, and again, we can do the sound effects ourselves. Like, this is a superstition. Woo! No, that sounds rubbish. No? <laughs> no. It's better than sound, uh, that sound, uh, fake sound effects. What's next? We're going to have the fake laughing crowd. <laughs> you didn't just go and get the laughing crowd, did you? No, no, not at all. Not at all. Let's, uh, let's rewind. Okay, this is getting worse. Let's just continue with the topic, shall we? What is a superstition? Do we need to agree on that? Because I think it means different things to different people. Tell me what it means to you, because I haven't really looked at the dictionary. So let's start this way. You tell me and I'll tell you if I agree. To me, a superstition is a kind of irrational belief in something that might be supernatural, but it's something where it particularly leads to good or bad luck. And it usually involves you doing something or not doing something. Okay, kind of. I just wouldn't call it irrational. It's just a belief, isn't it? Yeah, I think a lot of people believe them. And, you know, as hopefully we're going to find out today, they're very different in different countries. 
And the thing is, who doesn't have superstitions? Who doesn't have a superstition that they believe, that they follow? I, I know you a superstitious person. Uh, yes and no. There's a lot of like superstitions that I follow nowadays that are very sort of Argentinian superstitions. But I have to admit that when I was back in Argentina, I didn't really follow them that much. Only when I moved here, I kind of took them uh, more seriously. And it doesn't mean that I believe more in them. But I think that to some extent, it kind of makes me feel a little bit closer to home, mm. being far away. So it's not necessarily that I believe in them, but I kind of find some comfort in following them. I mean, I am a superstitious person, full oh, stop. Yes, we know. I, I like to do things in threes, you know that? Yes. Uh, borderline OCD, I think we can safely say. Yes. Anything from like, you know, all we... the obvious ones, breaking a mirror, opening an umbrella indoors, walking under a ladder, absolute no-nos for me. Yeah. And the, with the thing in threes, it becomes really, really annoying when you put a song with your phone and for whatever reason, the song starts three times. I just think that three is just a really optimum number to do things in or, or to you know you write lists in threes you say things in a da 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 it just it just makes things feel so much better okay with that being said let's move on because th i think those qualify as the irrational ones doesn't it yeah i mean i think they are irrational because you know when you think about these things it's like well why do we actually do them do we really think that by opening an umbrella indoors is actually going some really terrible thing is going to happen well it can and the thing is some of these uh, superstitions actually may come from actual events so if you've been outside and your umbrella is soaking wet and you're suddenly opening inside you're going to get everything wet mm, and that is bad and that is bad particularly if you have like a sofa that is a really nice sofa and water could damage it leather goods around because everyone has leather goods just laying around the house don't they uh, yeah okay so see you could wet all of those things that shouldn't get wet you could have a gizmo remember the, the from the film the no. thing that could have got wet at, at night the gremlins what's gremlins oh you've never saw gremlins no what's that it's a film and it was like this really 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 cute like teddy bear type thing but uh, it was bought as a bed, but the rules were that you couldn't uh, get them wet. And there was something about midnight. You couldn't do something past midnight as well. Or was it that you couldn't get them wet past midnight or something like that? Anyway. Isn't it... that just a hamster? No. You can get a hamster wet, can you? Can you? I don't know. Can you? I've never seen a hamster swim. I've never seen a hamster being bathed either, but that doesn't mean that they cannot be. It sounds a rubbish film. We're going to watch it anyway. Okay, so let's talk about different countries, different superstitions. I want you to give me a flavour of some of the superstitions in Argentina that people might not know about. Well, some of them you have already experienced and some you know, even without knowing it. You've noticed that our car has a red ribbon tied to the mirror. Oh, yeah. So let me tell you a story about that because I didn't notice that was... I think that was only an Argentinian thing or, or, or somewhere or, or someone of the sorts until I had some cousins from Spain visiting. It, it was the first time uh, in Argentina. They lived all of their lives in, in Spain. They are my mum's second cousins, but they're close to my age. I, I never understand that whole second, first, third cousins thing. Like when you talk about your family, it's like I, my brain like literally melts. We're a big family. We love each other. 
basically they they came to Argentina and they went uh, they they were in Rosario and uh, basically I picked them up through uh, from the hotel and they kind of were pointing at the car and when they got in the car they asked me but I said uh, about the red ribbon that I had in my car and it turned out that they had noticed that every car had a red ribbon and they asked a taxi driver for the explanation the taxi driver gave the explanation but I don't think they believed it initially or uh, so they asked me so basically a red ribbon in your car is to deflect envy the red ribbon you tie on your mirror you tie in a visible place and it deflects negative energy it deflects envy is that so if you get a new car people get well gel yeah kind of so to deflect that you put a red ribbon uh, you tie a red ribbon to the car so instead of people like oh my god look at them they're like oh that's a lovely car funny enough you can find red ribbons tied to cars or newborn babies oh so do we want an audi a bmw a boy or a girl well i don't think it's a matter of choice but i it does make me think you know when people say oh my child is priceless mm, actually i think it's comparable to a car and how much does your average family saloon cost in Argentina? Well, that's the thing. Cars are really expensive in Argentina. So when you're talking about the price of a car, probably the price of a car is going to be the cheapest car in the market in Argentina. is going to be probably three, four times the yearly minimum salary. Uh, yeah. Why are we keep doing that? Just go with it, Pop. Just go with it. Okay. And again, it kind of deflects negative energy. So I think that people are more susceptible to receive negative energies when they have a baby or when they get a new car. I've made a little bit of research about this because I'm not 100% unprepared for this podcast. It can come from Kabbalah, you oh, know, the Jewish... The one that Madonna was really into in the 90s. Yeah, exactly. So apparently a red ribbon in Kabbalah, it, it kind of um, has sort of a similar effect of sort of deflecting uh, negative energy and so on. So it goes through uh, in different religions, in different history. So it's quite common. And we just use it for cars and babies. I can see other ways that this might be used in society. For example, if you're out and about yeah. and you happen to bump into your ex and he sees you with your new boyfriend, who's like much hotter, you might want to slip it on his wrist so he doesn't get envious. No, it's the other way around. I would put it on my wrist on, on your wrist so he doesn't get jealous oh, okay so you put it on your property you don't give it to someone else you know, you're not sending people a red oh, your property now is that what you're saying it's not a proprietary thing but i own your bitch but that's why i like, i don't expect anyone to send me the red ribbon i just have a red ribbon upstairs and i tied it in the car when we bought our car but i noticed you have it on the suitcases as well that we have oh yeah but to be fair that has nothing to do with them with envy that has to do with being able to identify your suitcase and me being a cheap bastard and don't wanting to buy a different uh, ribbon to do that because i bought one that has like 20 meters oh i'm loving this top tips from Bayer today who knew you were so crafty to be fair i'm just cheap and don't want to lose my things this is an eye-opener for me um i think you should start maybe a a new podcast, a Craftoon with Ben Hurt, you know, where you teach these tips and skills. Yeah, but the first tip is don't use for your suitcases the same colour as me, because otherwise we're going to get confused when we meet in the airport. That's my first, the red ribbons. So what about the UK? Do you have what are UK superstitions? Well, the big one for me, and certainly in my family, has been and will always be 
putting shoes on the table. Oh, yeah, you're really anal on about that. Yeah, and I think traditionally it's new shoes on the table, but for whatever reason in my family, it is any shoe. Any. It doesn't matter if it's old, if it's, you know, one that you're about to chuck out or recycle or whatever. And it doesn't matter if it's in a, in a box, in a bag. It's not about the contact of shoe table. Because I could say, if if you had, if we had our walking boots and we just went into the mud, and I wanted to put those boots on the table. Fair enough. Oh, no, no. Literally, I've got goosebumps all over my body now thinking about that. Yeah, but that I understand. However, if the shoes are like in a bag, in a box or something like that, there's no chance of anything sort of transferring into the table. So why? But either or of those situations, it's like literally I'm coming out in a cold sweat now. Yeah, exactly. So that. why? I, I honestly don't know. I mean, the, the, the origin of the, the shoes on the table thing apparently comes from the north of England and it's apparently related to coal mining. Okay. Um, so when a miner died, they would place the shoes of the miner on the table as a mark of respect and a bit of a tribute. Okay. So it sounds like a positive thing that upon a tragedy, someone dying is like a way to honour them, isn't it? Yes. But by doing that, when it wasn't somebody who died, it was almost like you were tempting fate. Ah, okay. However, I've also read that some people say that it comes from the fact that criminals were hanged with their shoes on. Back in the day of capital punishment, people would be hanged and they would still be wearing their shoes. Okay. And what does the table has to do with it? Because it's not like they're putting them on the table, is it? Well, no, they're just dangling in the air. Yeah. But regardless, it's something that, for whatever reason, in my family is a complete no. And I know this because I've been told off many times by putting, like, a box of shoes. Like, you get new shoes that are in a box. When you get home, you want to put it somewhere to, you know, close the door and everything. So you put them on the table. But no, with you, I always get told off. It's just one of those things that if you're going to be with me for the rest of your life, you need to suck it up, Bab. To be fair, I think that I've gave you a very, very, like, complicated, like, even somewhat religious superstition that affects babies and cars alike. And you gave me shoes. I'm sorry, but we're better. And I'm going to double with my second superstition. And this is, some, and this is one, actually, that has confused a lot of British people since I've arrived here in the UK. As part of our superstitions, if you want the salt shaker and you ask me to pass you the salt shaker, I will not pass the salt shaker directly into your hands. Even if you're sitting like right now that you are arm's distance, I will grab the salt shaker, put it on the table in front of you and then let you pick it up. Oh, I have noticed you've done that. I just thought you were being lazy. No, it's not lazy. We just don't pass the salt shaker hand to hand. Why? So actually, this one has a historical context. Again, mine are very deep and historical and religious and so on. Remember when salt used to be um, currency? Well, not remember, but you've studied that salt used to be currency. Yeah, back in the Roman times. Yeah, it? exactly. And uh, you wouldn't have a bag of salt. You would have a cube of salt. Now, what happens is, uh, or what would happen if I were to give you the, the cube of salt, so the cube of salt is in my hands, and you go to grab it, and for whatever reason, the salt falls, the cube falls, and disintegrates on the floor. Uh... Whose fault is it? Is it my fault, or is it your fault? Who dropped the salt? 
Well, if it was you giving it to me, it would obviously be your fault. Well, no. If you let it go and you drop it... It'd still be your fault. No, it wouldn't. <laughs> It would be yours. But this is the point. So our superstition is that passing the salt shaker hand to hand breaks friendship. Okay, and that one was a little bit overly dramatic as well. So... <laughs> I'm just trying new things, Bab. I'm just trying new things. Please go with it. Please go with it. That's all right. We'll do. Yeah, so basically that's why we don't pass the salt shaker. So if you ever are in a restaurant with me and you want the salt shaker, I will grab it, pass it along, but leave it on the table. Otherwise, friendship will break. And to be fair, it doesn't really apply to friendship. It applies to, to any type of relationship. And I mean, I don't even think that one fit the what I was saying, but okay, let's we're doing sound effects now. What do you know about magpies? Uh, magpies. Is that something that comes from the pie factory in the black country? No, but good reference there. Yeah. If anybody's listening to this podcast and they live in the sort of Midlands area of England, the pie factory, you can't go wrong. It's a, it is a little pie factory in Tipton in the West Midlands. They make pies in the factory, but they also have a little pub that's attached to it and you can go and have pies. And it's, Honestly, an amazing pies. Yeah, and if they want to send us pies for these free publicity that we're doing, we'd very much appreciate it. If I remember rightly, they were all named after famous people. I think I had the David Beckham, and the Andy Murray has got curry in it, and there's um, a vegan one named after Ken Livingston, which doesn't really make sense, but there you are. You lost me there, completely. You know who Andy Murray is. Yeah, Andy Murray, I, I know. Ken Livingston was Mayor of London at one point. Okay. But I know you have a little bit of a... Beef, <laughs> if you pardon the pun, uh, yeah. with See, of all of, of, of all of the sound effects that you have, didn't you have the drum dunjish? Um, no, so let's yeah. just use this one instead. <laughs> no, see, that's why we went wrong. This one merited the drum dunjish. Oh, well. No. I'm I, you know, I'm trying. I know, but this isn't. You know, I am not a professional. I, this is I this is a hobby. I just don't see why we need to have side effects. Side effects. What a side effect. You're a side effect. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we don't need to have. Side You're a side effects. effect to me. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh! Right. Anyway, quickly. pies, 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 pies. My beef with pies is a casserole with a lead is a casserole with a lead. A pie has pastry below and on top. No, but then if it has it below, it gets all soggy. It doesn't matter. Not a pie. It's a casserole with a lid. That's not a pie. A pie is a pork pie. I love pork pies. The thing is, is that you can cook the casserole, cook separately the pastry lid, and just put it on top. What's pie about that? It's a pie. It's a pie. No, it's not. It's still a pie. Nope. If there's pastry involved, it's still a pie. No, it's not. Anyway. This has got nothing to do with magpies, because yeah. magpies are not pies, they're birds. Okay. They're the black and white birds that you see out and about. Okay. Uh, there's a famous folklore nursery rhyme about them, and it goes one for sorrow, two for joy, three for a girl, four for a boy, five for silver, six for gold, seven for a secret, never to be told. And there's other versions where it goes on. And what does the magpie have to do with it? Well, essentially, it's bad luck. One for sorrow. If you see a magpie on its own, it's bad luck. Okay. Now, the reason behind all this, there's so many theories. Magpie is like a really historic thing. It was apparently the only bird that didn't sing to Jesus when he was dying on the cross. 
which is pretty bad. And apparently the magpie wouldn't go inside Noah's Ark either. It just sat on top. Okay, but it's a bird, so it didn't need to go into Noah's Ark. Yeah, but it'd still get wet and, you know. Yeah, but that's kind of what birds... What happens to birds anyway, isn't it? Yeah, but the kookaburra was in there and the dodo and all the... Well, not the dodo. Well, probably not the um, dodo. But all, all the other birds. I can't think of any other birds. The blackbird. Well, chaffinch. Did Noah to, took a photo of them or something? Did like a painting? How do you know they were inside and not just all like lined up on the roof? Well, apparently, according to some sources... Sources, that's what we call it. Anonymous sources. Anonymous sources. The, the magpie wouldn't go inside Noah's Ark. Okay. So seeing a magpie by itself is bad luck. It's bad luck. Okay. But you can combat that. Now, there's various different ways in this country that you can banish that bad luck of seeing a magpie on its own. Some people raise their hats. I mean, not many people wear hats these days. So I yeah. think that's an old, oldie-worldie thing. Oldie timey you now. Um, some salute in military fashion. Others cross themselves, and other people believe that if they see a crow immediately after seeing a single magpie, they're fine. However, in my family, what we do is we look at the magpie and we say, sorry, Mr. Magpie, and we move on with our day. Sorry, Mr. Magpie, so you apologise to it? Yeah. For what? It's not your fault he's lonely. That's his own bad choice, to be lonely. Well, we just don't want bad luck, so we're just trying to be as polite as possible. Okay. I don't know. I, I feel like I, I need to be wearing hats more so I can take it off when I see a magpie. But you know, when we was doing the research for this podcast, that I actually found out that superstitions is not just limited to human beings. Okay. So they did an experiment in the 1940s. It was by the behavioral psychologist B.F. Skinner. And he actually found that pigeons mm-hmm. show superstitious behavior. Pigeons. Yeah, so it was to do with the fact that they knew that they were fed at certain times from this dispenser, mm-hmm. but they would do certain rituals which they believed would make the dispenser dispense food at different times. So one of the pigeons would do like, I don't know, swing its head in a pendulum motion while the other would just make swift turns in the cage. I don't know. It doesn't sound like superstition to me. It sounds like, I, I mean... Or, or, or maybe, for example, when the peacock wants to mate, he like extends his tail, and is that superstition that he's doing that with the hopes of getting laid? But that's not superstition, is it? No. That's just behaviour. Have, have a word with Skinner and tell him what you think. I mean, he was in the forties, and he was already a, a grown up in the forties. So I'm sorry to say that it's unlikely that Mister Skinner is going to be with us. But while we're on the topic of uh, of the avians, shall we say, another big superstition in this country is that it's really lucky if you are pooed on by a bird. Yeah, to be fair, we have that one as well. There's one we share. Oh, really? Yeah. But the thing is, I, the way I always thought about this one is that if you get pooed by a bird, it's not good luck. You have the whole earth surface for a bird to poo on. So actually, it's just lucky that it pooed on you. But that's why it is lucky, because it is extremely rare. Although if you've ever been to Bridlington on a summer's afternoon and seen all the seagulls around you, you probably think differently. But apparently, being pooed on by a bird is very, very rare. Have you ever been pooed on by a bird? Yes. Oh, you have? Yes. I feel like there's a story to tell there. Not really. I just got put by a bird. And you know how it happens. You're always put by a bird where you are wearing clothes that shouldn't be put on. Oh, no. What were you wearing? A suit. Oh, no. Were you going to uh, a wedding? No, I wasn't going to a wedding. An interview? Uh, I can't remember. 
I have, I, and to be fair, it's not the only time that I was pooed by a bird. It happened multiple times. I'm, You've been pooed on multiple times? Uh, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I, I wonder if you've got like a scent that the birds like or something. Mm, maybe I peed myself. You peed yourself? I don't know. Maybe that attracts the poo of the birds, you know, like pee and poo go together. Are you trying to admit something here? Do you uh, want me to stop recording and we take this offline? Uh, or maybe I just take a bathroom break. Didn't we use that one already? Are you repeating now? Well, I don't have the license to use many, so okay. you're going to have to make do with what we've got. Have you never been pooed by a bird then? No, the only animal that has pooed on me is a snail. A snail? Yes, at university we kept giant African land snails. Okay. Just cost. Just because? Well, I think somebody had them and they reproduce quite rapidly and so they had to get them off their hands quite quickly so i've said that i'd have some just because who doesn't want a giant african land snail anyway we had a few and i was just kind of letting one of them go for its daily walk on my hand and it pooed so you got pooed by a snail i'm just trying to process that i mean it's a snail does it poo at the same speed as it crawls or whatever well i think the thing with the snail poo was that because obviously as snails move along they leave that kind of trail behind them yeah we call it baba like draw in Spanish. I just thought it was the same thing. But then I kind of noticed that there was kind of a string of sort of greeny, browny matter within it. And of course, you know, went and looked it up online and lo and behold, realised that it was doing this quite considerably long line of excrement <laughs> on my hand. Because obviously it was a giant African land snail. Yeah. And, Obviously. and it was doing it very slowly and I just hadn't really noticed. So, of course, you know, I was straight in there, put him back in the um, tank and washed my hands thoroughly and did all the correct things. But, yeah, I mean, it was it was an experience. We had a few animals randomly at university. We had um, uh, a hamster called Colonel Chantel and then we had a daddy long legs that lived in... Colonel Chantel had a station because she had a train set, you know, like a hamster ball. Yeah. And it went round. We, we connected it round like a train track. And there was a train station that Colonel Chantel departed from, I guess. Okay. And um, Daddy Longlegs moved into the train station that was basically a cardboard box. And we called the Daddy Longlegs Ramstein. And how many of them have pooed on you? Oh, just the snail. Okay. And it was only one of them. I think we had five snails in total and it was only one. I learned the mistake once, never again. Never again. I think it's quite lucky to be pooed on by a snail, though. I mean... It brought you to me. It did bring me to you. And do you know anyone else who's been pooed on by a snail? To be fair, no, I don't. But uh, so it's obviously a rare thing. Well, to be fair, it's also something that you don't necessarily ask people. You don't meet people and say, "Oh, have you ever been pooed on by a snail?" Well, maybe people should um, do a little bit of a survey as they go out and about their daily lives, because I think you'll find that very few people have, and I think that constitutes that it's actually quite lucky. Okay, then lucky you. From the lucky, I'm going to tell you to the unlucky. I haven't even started. Why are they, why are they uploading? Because they're just so excited. Okay. Okay. So there's a word that we use in Argentinian Spanish, mufa. And we call someone mufa. That sounds rude. You call mufa someone who is bad luck, who ruins everything. Uh, so someone really that you don't want to have around. So whenever you either cross paths with a mufa or even a mufa gets named, you grab your left testicle. Okay. 
and women grab their left boob. Okay. It's kind of like a protection against the mufa. And funny enough, we're going to do a test here. So we have a former Argentinian president who was president most through the 90s. It was awful. He privatized everything. He wrecked the country in so many ways to the point that he's possibly the one that the whole country considers Mufa. So his name is Carlos Saul Menem. And in the background, you wouldn't have noticed because we're doing a podcast and we don't have an audience. But I can guarantee you that every Argentinian person listening to this will be grabbing their left testicle or their left boob. Will they be gasping as well? Because I've got a sound effect for that. No, it's just grabbing it. Oh. And to be fair, you do it in public, you do it everywhere. It's not really something like um, uh, that we really hide it. There's actually a photo of this guy that met this former president when uh, he was sort of like the chair of the boating table, whatever, where, where this former president was boating. And you can see this guy shaking hands with the president and with the other with the other hand holding his left testicle. So if I was out on a date with a girl, which would never happen, obviously, yeah. and Mufa was mentioned, would it be acceptable that she would then grab her breast and I would grab my balls while we're on a basically a first date together? Yeah, and you would probably do it. And, and to be fair, it probably would be a deal breaker if they didn't. Really? Yeah, we take these things very seriously. Okay. And it has to be the left one. What does the right one mean? I don't know. I just think that left, left one is normally associated with bad things, isn't it? In Latin languages, left come from sinister. Oh, so is that why you throw the salt over your left shoulder? Yeah. Over your left shoulder, you throw the salt on the devil's face. And is that the same in Argentina? It is. It is. We actually do that when you spill salt. Okay. Have we got any others that you've noticed that are the same in Argentina as they are in the UK since uh, you've been here? I think that the Dutch wood one is is fairly similar. Oh, I'm always touching wood, Bob. But in Argentina, is the Dutch wood? <laughs> Did you get my joke? Oh, God, to be fair, I don't know what's worse, the joke or the laughter. <laughs> oh God, get me through this episode. You secretly love all these sound effects, don't you? Sure. Anyway, the Dutch wood, I think the difference is that in Argentina, and to be fair, I don't know why, I haven't researched this one, but the wood cannot be touching the floor. Okay. So, for example, it's okay where we are because we our table is wood, but then um, legs are metal. So we don't touch it. We so can't. you can, you can, because the, the wood is not touching the floor. Ah, but when you do touch wood, you can't touch something where the wood is touching the floor. Yeah. So, for example, our shoe cabinet which is wood, the wood is touching the floor, so it it doesn't count. And people are now thinking, oh my God, they're so middle class, they've got a shoe cabinet. It's just a cheap one from Ikea, don't get too excited, guys. Just say that it's the most expensive shoe rack ever. (laughs) And I don't actually think it's wood, I think it's MDF. Is that technically wood? Well, it's kind of like wood chips, isn't it? Mm. So it's made of wood. The other one is the 13. Who likes the number 13? Oh, I don't like it. Because of course you have the... You know, the biblical reasons. There were 13 people in the Last Supper. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think that um, in Norse mythology, Loke is considered the 13th god. Okay. And then, of course, in the Apocalypse, the book of the Apocalypse, St. John's books of the Apocalypse, I'm getting very religious here. Chapter 13 is the one that talks about the Antichrist and the beast. And then, of course, apparently, Apollo 13 was launched at 
13.13 Eastern Time. Really? Apparently so. But yeah, so people don't really like 13, and that's universal. The difference that we have is that here, the bad luck or the horror one is Friday the 13th, whereas in Argentina, it's Tuesday the 13th. Okay, so yeah, I'm just going to choose to ignore the sound effect now, I think. Okay, I just can't ignore that. But I'm going to move on. Oh, come on, just please stop. Let's get to Tuesday and Friday the 13th. Why is it Tuesday the 13th for us? I can tell you that. I don't know why Friday the 13th is to you. So I'll let you Google that whilst I... Well, I know that. I know that. I mean, Friday, Jesus was killed on a Friday. Okay. So is that why it's bad luck? Yeah. And Judas was the 13th apostle. No, there were 12 apostles. 13 people in the Last Supper. And Judas was one of the 12 apostles. Are you Googling it? No. Yes, you are Googling, no, aren't not. you? No, I'm not. There were 12 apostles, Bab. Trust me on that one. Okay. Well, for us, it actually comes from Roman mythology. Tuesday, you know, you, you're learning Spanish. So what's Tuesday in Spanish? Lunes. Martes. Martes. Correct. And Martes, what does it sound like? Mars. Mars, exactly. So Martes comes from the Roman god Mars, who is the god of war in Roman mythology. And now I really want some chocolate. Mm, yeah, that's a Mars bar. So that's a different thing. Or a Milky Way. I'd be happy with that. Yeah, so basically, the god of war, war, bad things, bad luck. So for us, it's Tuesday the 13th, which, of course, Tuesday the 13th, it tends to be only one a year. Mm. Yeah, so I think it's... it's about the same, Friday the 13th. Judas, who betrayed Jesus, is thought to have been the 13th guest to sit down at the Last Supper. Okay, so he was the last one to arrive. So not only he betrayed Jesus, but also he was late. Mm. Rude. But yeah, so the, I think those are the ones that we have in common. Of course, there are a lot more that, that we have, that probably the whole world has in common. And you mentioned a couple of them, you know, like walking on the ladders and, and those things. Although we have one apparently, and I've never heard this one before, but whilst I was researching this uh, for this podcast, it came about. Apparently in Argentina, walking under a scaffold means that you won't get married. But on counterpart, well, you know when you open a bottle of champagne, Prosecco, any fizzy drink and, and the cork like pops out, if it falls on you, it means that you're getting married. I suppose that's quite similar to, to us, though, you know, in English weddings, when the traditionally the bride will throw the bouquet of flowers and whoever captures it is next in line to be married. Mm -hmm. I suppose something like that. But before we leave, I want to leave another one there just for people to understand the Argentinity of myself and why some, sometimes some things happen. So in Argentina, it's bad luck to wish someone happy birthday before their actual birthday. Mm. So if we are meeting someone and tomorrow is their birthday, I'm not going to say happy birthday to them. Not even like happy birthday in advance. No, it's bad luck. So you only say happy birthday on the birthday. You can say things like, I'll call you tomorrow or like, I'll text you tomorrow and I'll wish you happiness tomorrow, but you don't wish happy birthday before the birthday. The only thing I can think of similar in the UK is that it's really bad luck to sing Christmas songs when it's not Christmas. Love, Christmas songs are drilled in my head since September every year.
I suppose Christmas does start a little bit earlier in this country compared to other places. A little bit early is an understatement, Bob. Oh. oh, God. So have we covered the main superstitions from the UK and Argentina? Well, I suppose that there's a lot more, and but I think these ones are sort of the most prominent, or the ones that, at least the Argentinian side, are the ones that more mostly resonate with me, if you like. So I, I think that what we have established is that my superstitions are based and rooted in ancient history, in religious uh, past, in a lot of very deep meanings, and yours are not. Well, I would completely disagree on that. I think there's actually quite a strong overlap in our superstitions here. It seems that we have a lot that are in common with each other, with both of our cultures. A lot of the ones that I've already talked about, there is a strong biblical connection, certainly. So I think we actually have a lot more in common than you give credit for in mm, this. Probably, but we're still better. I mean, I, I almost wonder on this podcast whether we should start keeping scores and like put it out to a panel of adjudicators who wins each episode. I mean, obviously I've won this episode. And uh, no. But well, that's my, why we needed to set up a, an external panel, maybe a people's panel who each week can vote on it. A bit like in the ball scene, you know, when they lift up the, the scorecards. Okay. Out marks out of 10. Well, that's the reason we have listeners. So we can ask our listeners. First of all, I want to know what... Superstition, because we've had such an international audience, I feel really international. What are your favourite local superstitions? Talk to us. And then also tell us, from the ones that you've heard in this podcast, which one's the best? British or Argentinian? And how do we get in touch with us? Oh, through all of the socials. All of the socials. Yeah, so you can search for our Facebook page that is called Bareback. Just search for it. Yeah. Uh, we're on Twitter at BarebackPod. Yeah, and because we don't want to make it really easy, we are on Instagram at BarebackPodcast. And finally, you can always reach us by the good old-fashioned electronic mail, and that's BarebackPodcast at gmail.com. Very old-fashioned. Very old-fashioned. But actually, a lot of people are getting in touch with us that way. Indeed. So, you know, we do open those emails, we do read them, and sometimes, you know, Benja, we respond. Sometimes we do. Okay, those sounds are not going to make it to the next episode, are they? Mm. Okay, thank you everyone for listening in. I'm just trying to get off the podcast soon enough or quick enough so I don't have another sound effect. Oh, God. Just thank you everyone for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.